Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I'm so fortunate to be able to chat with writer-director Joseph Sackett and actor um, Colby Benefee of their new film, Home Body, which is about a little boy who sends his spirit into his babysitter's body. Joseph is an award-winning filmmaker. He's written, directed, produced so many films that have been screened at major film festivals such as Cannes, Slamdance, and Outfest, which is where Homebody just premiered yesterday. And Colby, well, you might know her from such TV series such as The Boys on Amazon Prime and Fear the Walking Dead on AMC. I'd also add um, last year's Netflix film, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which just creeped the hell out of me. Um, But yeah, thank you both so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, yeah. thanks for that intro. That was nice. Of yeah. course. <laughs> Just need to, give, need to give the folks at home an idea of who we're talking to today. Yeah. Um, so, Joseph, I want to get started with you. Um, where did you get the idea for this film? I believe this was through a personal experience you had at a young boy. Can you delve a bit deeper into that? And also, in addition to that, why did you want to um, have this? Because it's sort of a Freaky Friday big concept. Um, Mm -hmm. So what made you want to not just come up with this idea and have it be told um, in a film, but have it be surrounded by that cool concept? Yeah, well, you know, in terms of where the story comes from, it's um, based on a true story from when I sent my spirit into my babysitter's body. Um, (laughs) Not really, but I, uh, (laughs) I did did dream about stuff like that. You know, it's like the emotional seed of the story is very much ripped from the headlines of my um, childhood. You know, I was a genderqueer kid, always felt like something between a boy and a girl and kind of felt very uncomfortable with that for a really long time. Um, So, you know, in a lot of ways, this movie is me uh, kind of thinking about digesting, reckoning with my genderqueer childhood and um but as you mentioned you know with those references to freaky friday and big we wanted this movie to be fun you know i thought it would be a really beautiful thing to make a movie about a a genderqueer young person where they get to have a good time um so yeah we were very much referencing um movies in that vein kind of these like classic 90s era romps that we all grew up with but I wanted to bring uh, my own queer sensibility to the table Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I actually I just saw the film right before hopping onto this call and I absolutely loved it and something cool I liked about it is it is similar to Freaky Friday and Big but it's a little bit different in that both spirits are within um Colby's character of Melanie I guess you could say and you hear both the voiceover narrations of Trey and of um, Colby's characters. And you can see on Colby's you know, face, just the constant battling of what to do during these various sort of situations that she's dealing with, with the two spirits in her body or in her head, I guess you could say. So that's a new layer, I guess, added onto this concept that we have seen before, but 
um, that's like a novel aspect to it, which I loved. Um, I had one more question for you, Joseph, and then I'll switch gears to Colby. But I have to talk about you casting. Um, Colby, was she someone that you set out to try to get for Melody? And if so, was there a performance in particular in particular you saw of hers that um, made you feel she was right for the part? Or was she suggested by someone that you knew? So I'm really lucky in that I've known Colby for a while. So we worked together on someone else's movie years ago. Uh, where I was the second AD. I work as, a, as an assistant director to, um, to pay the bills. And Colby was acting in that movie. And I remember when she came into the makeup room, it was, um, for me at least, love at first sight. You know, not in a romantic <laughs> way, but in a creative, inspirational way. I just thought she was so funny and captivating and, you know, kind. And I asked her to do the voiceover for a short film I had just made called Low Tide. And then the next year uh, she was in the short film version of the movie that became Homebody, which was the short you referenced, I Was In Your Blood. Uh, and then the next year she was in another short film I made called Dominant Species. So by the time I was developing the script for Homebody, she and I had gotten to work together several times before. You know, I think of her as something as a muse. She is, uh, you know, so talented, so generous as a collaborator. And so it was a real privilege for me to write this project with her in mind, you know, knowing uh, that this part was going to be played by someone who could handle it, who could really like sink their teeth and who's going to do fun stuff with it. And you make an interesting point that for a lot of the movie, not only are we watching Colby on screen, but we're hearing her as Melanie uh, in in a voiceover in her own head, you know, it's like I knew this movie was going to be like wall to wall Colby, and um, yeah. I was excited about that. Yeah, and I'm a lucky girl, huh? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you were taken aback by that. That's nice to hear for you. Um, well, I want to ask you on the flip side, Colby, what attracted you to this part when Joe brought it to you? And also, since Joe said that you two have known each other for several years now, and you've probably known him on a personal level too. How did his, knowing what his inspiration was in telling this story, how did that help inform your performance and ensuring that it is mm -hmm. through your performance in a way that the message was being sent home to audiences that would watch? That's a good question. Yeah, I think I just made my face bleed. So excuse <laughs> me, the audience can't see this. Um, no, but yeah, I, you're good. I am, um, <laughs> I literally just, um, I mean, when, when I really trust Joe and I think that that's a real uh, privilege that came with, you know, it's not every day that somebody comes up to you and says, by the way, I wrote this movie for you to be the lead in. Um, yay. Will you do this with me? Um, and so it, the fact that Joe did that um, is just, uh, just watching the movie last night with an audience in a theater and that was my first movie back from the pandemic it was hugely moving um um because it's my first time being a lead and and it was my first time being feeling like somebody really trusted me to bring to carry a story um and so uh when joe came up to me specifically and and said this is you know, this is the story that I have written and I want you to be the lead. It was, I was so happy because I tr really trust him after the amount of jobs we worked together um, and the amount of times that he's directed me. I, I, he's 
one of the um, kindest and most even-tempered people you could ever meet, but that in a director is so rare and so uh, necessary. Um, and uh, in order, in, in terms of like doing this kind of part where it's me on screen at all times and a lot of the time alone with two people in my head, uh, that having Joe in particular be the one to create this thing and then also to be the one to bring it to me was was uh, just everything that I needed to say yes. Um, <laughs> and also, and also like, you know, we, I was really attracted to the idea, uh, we're constantly negotiating gender in our lives. And I've, you know, I've gone through my own, we, as a woman, I've gone through my own, like, um, question of like, you know, going through puberty and going through all this, I'm sorry, I might have. I think you're all good now. I, I okay, see, okay, I, okay. I see you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For a second but there, like, you were. Yeah. But I you're was, good now. <laughs> frozen in a flail somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, like we're constantly questioning how we fit um, in into this world. And this was a really unique and playful way to explore that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, and knowing that we, we had talked, Joe, we had talked about what, what kind of story um, this was and um it was just knowing that like, like Joe did tell me that he, um, his own personal history with the story and hearing that was just so, it was like, oh yeah, of course I'm gonna, it, 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 when, it's, when, it's a, when it's a personal story, you know that you're gonna give your all to it. So if anything, I just dove in with that all in mind. I don't know if any of that answered the question. No, but. absolutely. <laughs> And just going back to what you said earlier, you know, a lot of this is um, we're seeing you, but it's really, you know, um, Johnny's spirit played by Trey Ryder. And I want to talk about Trey. Um, Joseph, I'll, I'll go to you first and then I'll go to Colby about him. How did you go about finding him for the role? Um, because it, it reminds me so much. I don't know if you've gotten this before, but it re reminds me a lot of Jacob Tremblay's performance actually in Room mm. from a few years ago in that there's such a heavy voiceover narration component in this film that he delivers. And there's a sense of personal discovery, of course, with Johnny's character of himself, but also of the world. And that kind of paralleled that performance that Jacob gave in Room. So it's just a random um, thought I had in my head. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd love to know sort of how um, you came about finding Trey and what made him perfect for the part, which is obvious once we saw it, but at the yeah. time when you saw him, what, what sort of made it work? Right. So, you know, I, I mentioned before that Colby was in the short film version of this project, I Was In Your Blood, and actually Trey was in that too. So uh, back in 2017, I'd written this little short film uh, because we had won some free film stock at a festival. I wanted to make something uh, short and uh, sweet and fun that we could use this film stock on. And that's what, you know, I was in your blood became the whole project came together very quickly. And, you know, I asked Colby to do it, but we spent, you know, some time looking for the, the child actor to play this little boy. 
and we auditioned several kids who were, you know, great in their own ways, but um, for whatever reason, just weren't quite right for the part, couldn't take uh, direction uh, or whatever. And two days, truly two days before we started shooting, um, Trey came in to audition. He was the last person we had scheduled to audition. And I went in there just thinking, okay, this kid just has to work out. Like this has to be the right person because we are out of time. (laughs) And I got very lucky. We all got very lucky. And Trey turned out to be just perfect. Um, You know, really smart and personable and friendly and, you know, kind of just down to try stuff and, and very talented, you know, like very good instincts for a little kid. And at that point he was like, I don't know, six or seven. Um, And the same way that it was a, you know, privilege to write the script for Homebody with Colby in mind, I also wrote this with Trey in mind. There was a little more of a question mark in my head as to whether it would work out to shoot with Trey because, you know, I didn't know if it was going to take two years to get this feature to come together, five years, you know, it's possible that he would have like aged out of the part by the time we did it. Uh, But luckily... Um, you know, by the time the script was ready to shoot, uh, he was like nine, I think when we shot. So he was like still the perfect age and he had just finished this other movie in Switzerland and he had had to grow out his hair for him. And I like begged him and his mom to not cut his hair. Cause I love this idea of a little boy with long hair, because that's like very much who I was like a little boy who grew out his hair, got told he looked like a girl. You know, I, I thought that long hair was just perfect. Um, and yeah, so, you know, I, I wrote it with him in mind, the same way I wrote it with Colby in mind, although there was this like um, post-production psychodrama in my head where I was just like so scared that his voice was going to change before we recorded his ADR. Yeah. And like, of course, we were, we shot this in 2019. So we were doing our post-production in 2020, you know, for obvious reasons, uh, our schedule slowed down. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like counting down the days, praying that his voice didn't change in any noticeable way before we got to record with him. And luckily that wasn't an issue, but um, that, was a, that was a major fear I had. <laughs> yeah. And I love that too about the hair. You didn't ask him to grow out his hair. It wasn't a wig. Um, it was actually hair he had to grow up from a previous project because I know I read how you had long hair as a kid during yeah. that moment that was sort of the source of inspiration for this film. So that's such a coincidence that he came back from that project ready to film this and he had his long hair anyway. That's yeah, we got, yeah, we got very lucky like that <laughs> yeah. in a lot, of, a lot of ways with this project. Yeah, um, Colby, I wanna ask you, um, I know that there wasn't so much on-screen time with you and Trey since the, the huge middle of it all was just you kind of going about your day, but you are with him a lot in the beginning. And what I think is sort of the beating heart of the film, which is the end, that one-on-one that you have with Trey in the bedroom, which I think is so heartfelt. And it was such a great moment. Um, So we certainly see the chemistry in those few scenes with the two of you together. Can you talk to me a little bit of what it was like working with Trey? Yeah, Trey is a total and utter sweetheart. Like in terms of casting, I I can't think of anyone better. Um, And... um, yeah, we, we, 
what was great about what's great about doing this movie with Joe is that Joe really understands what needs to happen. Joe works so well with kids and Joe really understands what needs to happen um, in order to create a kind of chemistry like that. And, and, and everyone was around and down to rehearse. Um, I, I, I am a big rehearser. I really like that. I come yeah. from the theater. So it makes me feel like the more I, the more I preparation I have, the more I feel like I can be, you know, free it up when I finally get to work. So um, I was so grateful for the time that I got to spend with Trey and we, we would, yeah, we would just spend some time hanging out. We did a bunch of dance um, rehearsals and um, yeah, I just got to like, just, just spend time, spending time with him uh, creates, created a, a chemistry, you know, it's like, it's like anything. It felt like, um, you know, I just had to, just had to hang out and in, in a non-pressure situation. And if anybody can create that, that non-pressure situation, it's Joe. So it was like, just really pleasurable, um, easy breezy uh, hangout sessions that I think allowed for that to chemistry to grow yeah <laughs> well um, those, like, rehearsal yeah. sessions you know not only were they about building chemistry like Colby's saying but uh it was also a great opportunity for Colby just you know observe Trey in moments when he didn't when he wasn't acting when he wasn't performing yeah. just like you know how does he tie his shoe how does he scratch his head when no one's looking like after a lot of those rehearsals you know Trey and his mom would go home and Colby and I would hang out and you know she would just like channel his physicality you know it's just like training up like how does one um you know show up in the world like a nine-year-old boy yeah it's and i would in, yeah in, go ahead sorry, really fast the, the kid in um i heard this thing about forrest gump where where um tom hanks didn't have his accent yet or something and and the younger forrest gump had this incredible accent and he was like well i'm not going to change this kid i'm just using that mm. and it was like i it, that to me is like the basis of of how to approach this kind of story is like you work from the kid from from the the young self you know yeah <laughs> i know exactly where you got that tidbit because i saw it too it was in the netflix series the movies that made us yes, they, had, they, had an, they had an episode of forrest gump so i i know exactly where you that's exactly that where, well thank yeah. you for identifying that yes for me. <laughs> of course no yeah that was a cool this cool tidbit um so Colby I want to switch gears a little bit because I know that I mean I could be mistaken but I believe this is the first time you've ever had to play two different characters within the mm -hmm. same film um I would say at least three quarters of the film if not more you're actually not playing Melanie you're playing Johnny and I would think so much of that observing is was so influential in helping you with um, your performance. Um, can you talk about some of the challenges with not only playing Melanie, but also Johnny and sort of the added pressure and delivering in both parts? Yeah, that's a, that's actually um, a good question. It, it was, uh, um, you know, it's funny. I didn't, I just, I don't know really how I prepare things. It always changes. And it, and for this one, there's a lot of charts involved, um, and a lot of like, uh, postcards, uh, lining the walls of my room. Um, <laughs> and like, I think for me, um, 
you know, yeah, it is, it is definitely like all the prep that goes into one character had to go into two this time. Um, and I, it, 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 it didn't feel, um, it felt muscular, but it didn't feel like the high pressure st- stuff I'm usually used to because we had time to prep. And in, in that way, like I had time to ask all the questions that I really wanted to ask and to do all the movement explorations I wanted to do. And, um, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I really do. I, I, it's hard to talk about preparation because I really don't know how I prep most of the time. It all is kind of subconscious. And what I do mostly is just like read the thing a million times and it kind of gets into my cellular system. And then, and then I, and then, you know, we show up and we're like, okay, here we go. You know? Um, And luckily Joe provided a lot of space for like table work and questions and um, read throughs and stuff that allowed for all those uh, things to be explored. Um, All the nitty gritty stuff to be explored. Um, but yeah, it it just was, yeah, it just was like, who's Melanie and who's Johnny. And, and a lot of my Johnny stuff was really just taken from Trey and, and, uh, what the script provided. So yeah, that, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Can you make sense of that word salad? No, no, I can for sure. (laughs) Just, I think it was just Trey's great impact on your character, just going to him and seeing maybe how he'd react in these circumstances or. His physical, totally. his mannerisms, as you said. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was totally grounded in him. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I would spend a lot of time just like walking yeah. around. Like every day I spent like, I spent like an hour or, you know, more walking around um, my neighborhood as a 10 year old. I'd be like, what, how, what's the point of view here? Like, what's this curb like? <laughs> How's, what's that shit over there? You know yeah. I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Joe, um, I want to ask, since this is very much an indie, I'd love to get an idea of where this was shot, how long was filming, sort of how lean of a crew there was on set. Yeah, so we shot for 20 days uh, in Brooklyn, uh, kind of all around Prospect Park. We actually got really lucky finding all of these locations that were all within a, you know, maybe 20 minute radius of each other um i think we normally had 17 or 18 people on set on a given day so it's pretty lean um and the team was made up of a lot of folks who i uh went to film school with so people who i've worked with before who i really trust and feel comfortable around and that was a real gift um being able to show up on set, see familiar faces and not feel like I'm building trust with the team from the ground up, but can, you know, build on what we have already established. Um, uh, And, you know, one cool thing about this project, which I like because I am a creature of habit and I love my routines is Colby. I don't know if you remember this, but we shot the exact same hours every single day. Yeah. That Every day, yeah. which like, when does that happen? It was never, um, <laughs> never. it was 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. Uh, so, you know, people were always able to go home for dinner. Uh, I, I walked home most days to, to my neighborhood in Brooklyn as the sun was setting. It was like a very, it was a pretty civil. <laughs> That's great. Overall. Yeah, it was great. 
never needed to go over 12. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) such a blessing, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You mentioned how lucky you were with the locations. Was this always meant to be set in Brooklyn? Um, So yes. Uh, Yes, in the sense that, you know, I'm based in New York. Pretty much everyone who I knew I wanted to work with is based in New York. I mean, I... a sense of place is always important and interesting but you know it's not like a it's not really designed to be a new york movie like in we could have shot this kind of anywhere i you know really love in something like blue velvet say where david lynch is making an american movie but it's kind of any town usa it's like not really important where it is um but I, I do like, you know, having found all these locations basically in one neighborhood in Brooklyn that there is like kind of a visual cohesiveness um, to especially all the exterior stuff. And I also really love that pink brownstone that we shot as the exterior of Johnny's house. Um, it's, you know, not the, the real exterior to the interior that we shot, uh, but we cut to it a couple of times because my editor alan and i liked it so much i just felt like that bright pink brownstone was like this perfect visual metaphor for being a queer kid like here you are on this block full of brownstones and you're the one that's painted bright pink and there's no way to hide that you know Mm -hmm. and that's actually i love how the color palette was sort of like pastel lightly colored you know of this film and it it wasn't explicitly New York, which I think it was cool and it was ambiguous. It could have been, like you said, like any town, USA, I think because of those more warmer, lighter color uh, colors of the movie, which is cool. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask of you um, was, I know this is one of your first, if not your first feature directorial debut. It's your first, I know you're working on another one that's currently in post or you're filming it or something in pre-production in pre-production we're almost there um but you've done mostly shorts throughout your career so can you speak to that new challenge that was posed for you and having to take on a feature yeah i mean first of all it was just a real privilege to get to um scale up and do something bigger after having i mean you know i've been working on short films since i was like 12 so you know, I, I guess for over 20 years, although a lot of those just felt like messing around with friends, you know, it's just something I always did for fun. Um, yeah, what to say about going from shorts to features? I mean, it's just a lot, it's, the process is a lot longer. Like in terms of just comparing it to I Was In Your Blood, the short film that I then expanded into Homebody. So I got the idea for I Was In Your Blood wrote the script, you know, the next day, seven pages long, two weeks later, we were shooting it. And like, maybe two months after that, we were totally done with all the posts. I mean, you know, so in under three months, you know, the short was, was completely finished from conception to like sending it out to festivals. And uh, that is, you know, that's satisfying to, to move quick, that quickly on something. And with a feature it's you know it's a marathon it's not a sprint it just it just kind of keeps going you know this i've been working on this project for like i don't know three and a half years now maybe more and we're you know we're just starting the festival run which is a really exciting part of it but you know it's going to be another year of this project being like a big part of yeah um my life so it's not a very interesting answer but it's just a lot longer you know (laughs) 
Yeah, and connecting to that, you know, that you're just starting your festival run now, you were just at the premiere at Outfest mm -hmm. yesterday here in LA. Um, congratulations on that. I want to go to Colby first, um, since I believe you were there, um, along with Joseph. Um, what was it like watching it? Um, and also, what was the reception like from the audience of the film? Um, well, first of all, it was it was really moving, seeing yeah. it all put together on the big screen. I initially was super nervous to see it. I'm, it's not my favorite thing to watch my face so big um, um, <laughs> for so long. Um, but, and I thought I would, I like sat on the aisle. I was like, I'm going to escape at some point during this. But then I realized I was, I, I kind of disassociated and was able to watch it as a, as a movie and was able, I was just listening for the reaction from the audience and they were laughing and they seemed like they were joyous and they seemed like they were having fun. Um, and the questions that we got later um, were really smart. Um, and uh, I don't know, I don't think anybody really talked too much about their own personal experience, but, but outside the theater um, afterwards, I, I just, yeah, it was, I got a lot of people that were just like, really, that seemed really happy and really moved. And they left the theater feeling like joyous. I keep using that word, but it's yeah. such a, it is such a joyous movie and such a happy movie that um, while there are real world um, uh, dangers in the movie, you know, like there are still, um, it's still such a colorful, uh, fun, playful thing to sit through for and not sit through, but, you know, enjoy for an hour and a half. Yeah. And so uh, that was the vibe that I got leaving um, the theater. And I was, I just was really, I don't, I'm, it's embarrassing to say I was moved by, by something that I was so fully present, <laughs> but it was, I just really was moved, like sitting and watching something yeah. that we all made together um, completed, you know? Yeah. And Joe, this has been your baby for the past, as you said, three and a half years. And this is now one of the first audiences last night that saw it outside of maybe your family, friends. So what were the key takeaways from you based on, you know, the feedback you got after the screening or the reactions? Yeah, I mean, like Colby said, it was just such a joy watching it with people. I mean, hearing people laugh or gasp, you know, is always so satisfying like recognizing you know the effect this fiction is having on people um you know right before the screening i was very relaxed was surprised by how uh chill i felt but as soon as the movie started colby i forget if i told you this i just i got this you know all this tension building in my neck and shoulders and i realized like oh i guess i am pretty nervous about this experience and it was almost like my body was telling me what my mind wasn't conscious of yet that like the stakes feel high and I like hope people like this and I'm you know yeah just a little a little nervous but it yeah I think it went really well uh yeah like Colby said we got some great questions including one person asked in the Q&A you know what would it have meant to me as a queer little kid to have seen a movie like this and that question came after we were talking about some of the references, like movies I grew up on, you know, kind of these high concept romps like 
you know, big Freaky Friday, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and, you know, because we were interested in making something high concept, even though it was on a small budget. So it's kind of a lo-fi high concept. Yeah. And, you know, I was saying, first of all, they're really, as far as I knew, were not movies like this around when I was a kid. Like, I don't, um, I, I certainly wasn't exposed to anything that explored, you know, gender and sexuality in this way. And I think, um, yeah, I think it would have been really meaningful to me as a queer little kid to see uh, a movie where, you know, queerness and gender is treated as something, is like a a playground to play and explore in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just Um, that really yeah, fast. Sorry. Um, I was talking to Joy, our producer last night. Um, and she was talking about how, you know, we have like, we have like these terribly stiff and embarrassing sex education classes mm-hmm. in <laughs> school. And like, I, we were saying, th- we we're thinking about this movie and how a, a boy gets to explore you know femininity in a way like you know melanie is her period in this film and he pulls out her tampon and like he there's like this exploration of what it means to be a woman and it that's kind of at that kind of playful um uh innocent and kind exploration is really educational and like really uh um important i think and so that was yeah something that we both came away with last night um that i hadn't thought of before you know are there any distribution plans yet can people watch this online digitally or streaming soon um or is it still going to be riding out the festival circuit for a little while distribution plans are still in the works um but hopefully uh we will have some places for people to watch soon um this is a moment of shameless self-promotion but you can you know follow us um at homebody underscore film on instagram and we'll be posting um any updates about other festivals or streaming opportunities uh to that that's great yeah best of luck congratulations again on the film and for my very last question um with homebody aside i do want to ask about upcoming projects um joe let's start with you cross-pollination is i think the next one you're working on. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, Colby mentioned our producer, uh, Joy Jorgensen. We're in early pre-production on uh, my next feature. It's a queer sci-fi rom-com uh, about an alien struggling to pass as a human on Earth. Uh, but then things get really complicated when he falls in love with a man and gets knocked up. Oh. So we'll be... Uh, <laughs> shooting that next year and um, oh my god really... joe that's crazy <laughs> and oh I'm, I'm excited about it yeah. <laughs> and i think you have someone that's going to buy a ticket in this zoom call immediately yeah I'll be. She'll be immediately, immediately gonna yeah. be there <laughs> she'll be there she'll be there that sounds great and colby how's season three of the boys going are you going to be part of this new season how's that going I am I am they have included me again this year and I couldn't be happier it's really messed up guys it's really (laughs) it's gonna be a really crazy season um Ashley uh grows a lot um (laughs) this season and I'm I I'm really grateful to them for 
putting me in coach more and more. Um, so yeah, that's, that's fun. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of other things that are happening. I have, Do you have a new feature one. lemons. Yeah, this, okay. yeah, this sport, um, by my friend, Ghani Zur, who's really a wonderful person. And she, she's using the same composer, uh, as homebody. And I think she's like the most badass composer ever. So I'm, I'm really happy that <laughs> Ariel is working on, on both of those things. So yeah, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling like the film family is coming together, you know? Yeah. 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 So it looks like we have a lot to look forward to here with Cross Pollination, new season of The Boys, Lemons, the new short yeah. coming out soon. Um, so sounds good. Well, Joe, Colby, thank you both so much for chatting with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.